0: listeners I have my next guest on board here she has a fascinating new book and we'll be of course talking more about it her name is Christina Bob and she has one amazing career Uh, her new uh, book is called stealing your vote the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024 I will tell you that miss Bob has served in multiple overseas tours, including, uh, am I pronounce it, Helmand Province, Afghanistan, Stuttgart, Germany. She has an illustrious military career, and she is also a very successful lawyer, uh, having served and worked in San Diego, Washington, D.C., and just a long list of accomplishments. And so, Ms. Christina, I would like to say thank you for being my guest, and welcome to my show.
1: Thank you so much, and thank you so much for having me.
0: Now, uh, let's continue on with just a, a very bright part of your career. Uh, you are currently uh, served as attorney for President Donald Trump, and so that is uh, an accomplishment all by itself without the rest of the accomplishments that you've uh, uh, achieved in your career. So, um, what? first of all, what has President Trump thought about your book?
1: Oh, he's very excited about it. You know, the day it came out, he put the truth out and uh, thankfully was encouraging people to read it. So uh, I'm excited about it. It's been a long time coming and um, I I hope that it encourages people that things can be done before 24 so that we can have a sense of a free and fair election, but there's still a lot of work to be done. So I think both he and I are hoping that people read it and actually take action from it.
0: Well, as many of us know, the mainstream media has labeled the last election "quote unquote" the big lie. Um, lots of facts, uh, as you would say in your book, tell a different story from the ground level. What are some? Right. What are some of the stories that are told? Well, for me, the most
1: appalling part of my investigation, to me, was. The, the way I like to summarize it is Democrats stole the election, but Republicans covered it up. I was just shocked at the level of obstruction Republicans wanted to uh, throw in the way of anybody trying to look at election, uh, you know, election interference. And I don't just mean constituents or citizens who had questions. I mean their fellow Republicans in elected office who were trying to do their job. And these, I, I, I don't think you can call them rhinos. They're worse than rhinos. They're just cowards. Um, these Republicans were blocking everything. For the example I like to give is Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania. He was trying to institute an Arizona-style audit in Pennsylvania to take a closer look at the ballots and the machines and like really try to figure out what happened in Pennsylvania. And, you know, through a couple chapters in Pennsylvania, I explained what he was trying to do and the level of blockage he got from Republicans. It, we didn't even have a chance to get to fight Democrats in Pennsylvania because he couldn't get past the Republicans. So uh, it, it, that, that was the most astonishing piece to me.
0: And as you mentioned just a minute ago, you say blame is on both sides in different forms, um, right. especially when media were trying to ask, "Quote unquote inconvenient questions." What are some of those inconvenient questions that <laughs> were attacked? Where the reporters were attacked, or the media person? Well, why did they stop counting? You know,
1: they they don't have a good answer for why they stopped counting, other than they needed three more days to go find more ballots to change the outcome of the election. I mean, that's the only reason they needed to stop counting. Um, you know, why can't we see? That the, they, but Do you remember the, how everyone was claiming, oh, the machines aren't connected to the internet, there's no way they can be compromised? Do you remember all that? They're not yes, connected, yes, to the exactly. they're connected to the internet. They aren't connected to the internet. Yes, they are. And they have now since confirmed that they are connected to the internet and that they transmit the vote tallies via the internet. Okay. So, in and of itself, that's not a problem, but why? why was there this huge push to try to convince people that they're not connected to the inter- internet? Why couldn't they just say, oh, they were connected to the Internet, but there was no breach of security? In fact, in Arizona, they confirmed that there was a breach of security during the election, that the uh, Maricopa County voter roll was hacked during the election. And they refused to turn that information over to the auditors to allow them to examine and see what these people did who hacked the Maricopa County voter roll. Like why wouldn't they turn that over? Even that that's not even trying to convince people that they weren't connected to the internet. That's admitting that there was a hack and refusing to allow anyone to investigate
0: it. Why? And so what type of answers? Are they the usual circular type answers or is it just crickets in the background?
1: Well, it's a little bit of both. And so we don't have, at least not from what I could find, we don't have all of the answers in any one state, right? We've got answers about the voter roll in Wisconsin. Wisconsin has done a fantastic job investigating the voter rolls and manipulation of voter rolls. So we can take what we learned from Wisconsin and say that's probably what they're protecting. That's probably what they're hiding in Maricopa County, right? And then Maricopa County did a really great job of uh, looking at the ballots and recognizing that they're using ballot-on-demand printers, meaning they will just print as many ballots as You want right there at the polls. Like, it's not like you have the same number of ballots as you have voters, which would make sense. But no, 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 they can trip out. So the states really brought up um, different pieces of the puzzle. And I think when you put all of the pieces from the different states together, you can see what happened. But you have to kind of say, okay, well, what happened here in Pennsylvania probably
0: happened over here in Wisconsin and then in Georgia. You know, you have to take
1: what you can see from each state and piece it together.
0: You also write that election fraud is rampant. Is that in just presidential elections or is that um state, local, city? Or right. Is it everywhere? I think it's
1: – I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't obviously investigated every race in every state. But I think it – honestly, I think it's really pervasive. I mean, if, even if you just look at the 2022 election out in Arizona, I mean, the – There's indicators that they were messing with the school board race. I mean, the school board or the superintendent was up like 200,000 votes. The Republican was up like 200,000 votes. And then miraculously, as Carrie Lake started to close the gap, Republican on the top of the ticket started to close the gap, the school board director started or the superintendent started to lose. How is that possible? That if a Republican who's up by 200,000 votes, and then the Republican governor starts to increase, why would the superintendent be going down? Like, there's just a lot of unanswered questions about about that. So I do, I think it goes up and down the entire ticket. But of course, statewide races are the most powerful position. So it's probably more prevalent there. But yeah, I think it goes up and down the whole thing.
0: Well, now, as uh, we all know, you are an outstanding investigative researcher, uh, journalist, as well as being a successful lawyer. This type of election cover-ups, lying and manipulating, I mean, you just go down the list. Is this new right. or, or has this always gone on And, and because we have more communication uh, outlets that we can now talk about it? Or is, is this just business as usual at the office for a politician and political system?
1: I think it's been going on for a really long time, but I think that they have escalated it. I think they hated Donald Trump so much. You know, they have their globalist agenda of by twenty thirty you will own nothing and be happy. That's their mantra. and so they I think they are really feeling like it's, and they're trying to speed it up and i think I think they think that now it doesn't matter. They can cheat and people know and then because the media will do their bidding. Um, There's no way for us to hold them accountable. I don't believe that's true I think we can and I make the case that we can secure 24 and we need to secure 24 But I think that they're just at the point where they're like, you know, what? we're just going to cheat and hope the media covers for us
0: Now when you say they and I I Often call it the they people, whomever. Yeah. It is. The they people. Are you are you talking specifically about Democrats, or, or talking about an elite group of? Yeah.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not specifically talking about Democrats. I'm talking about the people who cheat. Those that are um, mem- like members of this globalist organization. And I don't even think it necessarily has to be a formal. It's not like there's a membership with club fees. You know. Mm-hmm. It's just the, these people in elected positions who believe that they have the right to be the political elite class. Here in the United States of America, we don't have a political class. We have a democratic republic where people are elected, and if the constituents don't like them, they get voted out. However, they've been working very hard. They, again, have been working very hard to create this political caste system. And so I I think you can easily identify Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, you know, those types, Adam Schiff. I do think Liz Cheney was part of it, although thankfully
0: she got booted.
1: Um, It's the people who just want to be the political class, and they actually think that because they have power, they're going to force it on the rest of the country.
0: Do you think if we come up into, gosh, it's already next year, the next election, is the country, is it getting even more polarized? Because now not only do we have the usual Democrat versus Republican. Now we have uh, pandemic, uh, shutdowns, mandates, right. shots. All of that is still polarizing, or is it? Or is that getting any better? This polarization. Well, I think it's getting more extreme. Um, I think what
1: these globalists are trying to do is so extreme, and they're trying. Now they're openly trying to indoctrinate children. They're trying to groom them into a pedophilia. Like the the extreme nature of their agenda I think has been exposed. And so I, I don't see how it I, I don't see how we are going to come together before twenty twenty four. I think I think the way our country unifies and I believe we will unify, I don't think this extreme polarization is permanent. Uh, but the way we do it is by getting rid of corruption. Because right now these crazy people that want to teach children about how to use sex toys they're in power, and so we have to get them out of power. The reason why they feel empowered to do this is because we don't have district attorneys or attorneys generals who are willing to enforce the law, and so they feel empowered to say, hey, I can teach your children how to do really inappropriate things. Well, no, you can't. Once we clean out that corruption and we get, we get attorneys in those positions who are actually going to follow the law, uh, they're going to get a lot quieter.
0: It it just seems like such a monumental task as far as the election integrity part, the voting, discounting, right, auditing, all of that. How how do you how do we as a nation how do we how do we fix that? And then the rest will fall under. Yeah. Well,
1: we have to get involved. I think what twenty twenty two proved is that, you know, from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two we were protesting and angry and talking to our elected officials and saying, hey, you guys need to pass legislation, we need voter ID, we need paper ballots, you know, one day voting, you know, all of the stuff, excuse me, the stuff we were petitioning, and some states did some really good things, and that's fine, but not enough states did enough, if that makes sense, and so, to me, what that tells me is, We need to shift our focus and we need to do a grassroots movement on election integrity. This has to come from the ground up because we cannot rely on the people in office right now to do what we want them to do because they've proven to us that they're not. So we need grassroots movements that are volunteering at the polls, poll challengers. Uh, We need people who are going to be petitioning your government to decentralize your counting facilities, who are going to investigate the clerks and their involvement and their roles in this, put pressure on them to make sure that they're following the law. I mean, this is an all hands on deck situation and we need everybody involved.
0: I'm just, you know, sometimes I listen to these stories and headlines and I'm just, all I can do is just roll my eyes because I don't know because it's like you had mentioned earlier, one party this and the other party that and it's like, it's, it's the voters, we are the ones who are, suffering from, I would say suffering yeah. in a traditional way, but it's affecting our, our daily lives. So right. how, I know you just outlined your, your previous answer, but how do people believe and trust our election system again? They, well, they should it right now. Uh-huh. They should it until they fix it. So
1: if you, you know, it's important for people to educate themselves on the problems that we have and go find a solution. So, for example, if you look at the, the myriad of problems that we have with our election and you're just really angry about what they do with our voter rolls, find a local organization in your area, or if you don't have one, start one, that petitions to clean up voter rolls and that you are constantly working with your county and your state to clean up your voter roll. Um, if you are frustrated with ballot stuffing, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you're someone that wants to volunteer to make sure that they're not dropping illegal ballots into these drop boxes, or maybe you want to petition your government to get rid of the drop boxes. You know, whatever aspect of the election most upsets you, that's where you should get involved, because you, you have the motivation to fix that area, and if we all get involved and fix our areas, the election will be secure, but we can't we can't just sit by and hope somebody else does it because no one's coming.
0: And my final question: uh, You're right. If we fail to regain election integrity and the trust of the American people, all of us, Democrat and Republican, liberal and conservative, are doomed to a dark future. If this is right. not fixed, what, what do you see? Is it a dictatorship or or, or what? I
1: think it will get really ugly. I mean, their stated goal, as I mentioned from the World Economic Forum, is you will own, not by 2030, you will own nothing and be happy. We will all lose our property rights. We will all lose, you know, we will lose everything we possess right now, whether it's real estate or whether it's personal property, like your car, and they will assign things to us. I mean, it it is, we're talking about, and this isn't just happening in the United States. This is the World Economic Forum. They're trying to do this in every single country in the next seven years. Uh, So we... We have to shut it down. I mean, it, it will be very ugly. You, will, Why, you know, why work so hard? Why start a business? Why try to, to pursue what you love when you get no money, you get nothing, and the government just rations things to you?
0: Why would anybody have any yeah. motivation to do anything? How did we end up here? I it's pretty, bad. <laughs> it's pretty
1: bad, but it's okay. I don't, I don't want to be too gloomy because I do believe that it can be saved. I do believe that it will be saved. I truly do. I couldn't do the job that I'm doing. I couldn't work on the Donald Trump campaign if I really didn't believe that we were going to win, but that said, I'm not oblivious to the fact that we're not there yet, and we need everybody's help.
0: Christina, I would love for people to know how to contact you and reach you. How can people, uh, well, we know we can get your book at fine bookstores and online, but how can people reach out to you social media-wise and email-wise?
1: Yeah, you can reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at Christina underscore Bob, or you can get me on Truth and
0: Getter at Christina Bob. Okay. And the book, again, is Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Well, Christina, we know that you are very busy with Mr. Trump's upcoming campaign and all of the work he's doing and as well as your own work. And we definitely thank you for taking the time to chat about your latest book. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Take care then. Bye-bye. Bye.